it's okay not to know. I think people are not expecting you to know every single thing, but they are expecting you to have the disposition to help them and to have, you know, the energy and the interest in really helping them and getting them answers and knowing where to look for those answers. So I think reading a lot helps. There's so many people around that want to help you and that are putting information out there every single day that are doing research, that are doing programs. So really getting to know your peers the same way that you get to know your clients is really important. Welcome to Beyond the Bench, the podcast where we delve into stories of scientists and their work. I'm your host, Madison Sankovitz. I'm an entomology PhD student at University of California, Riverside. And today on the show, we have Lourdes Perez Cordero, who is the University of Florida Agriculture and Natural Resources Extension Agent of Highlands County. She's also uh, working on her master's degree. So she sort of has this dual student and extension agent. Uh, She wears both those hats. And that to me is just outstanding. So I'm really excited to talk with you today about how you juggle all this and (laughs) how you go about your daily life and where you got interested in all this work. So yeah, welcome to the podcast, Lourdes. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's an honor and I'm super excited to be here. (laughs) Yeah, I'm super excited to have you here. So let's start out by just hearing about your life growing up. And so you didn't grow up in a citrus growing family, but you wouldn't know that by meeting you because your work is all around citrus these days. And so how did you get interested in science initially and then citrus? Um, well, um, I grew up in Puerto Rico, um, in a small town called Mayagüez on the west side of the island. Um, and ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to be a scientist, really. I always watched Dexter Laboratory, and I always kind of imagined myself with the beakers and all this stuff. It was, like, really cool. Um, (laughs) and then I figured out I could be a scientist in a different way, and I ended up getting into, um, agriculture, the College of Agriculture at the University of Puerto Rico in Mayagüez. Um, I studied there for like three years, and then I moved to Florida and finished my bachelor's degree. What was it about agriculture that got you interested in that specifically? Um, well, at first I got in because my biology teacher made it sound super cool, and she was like, oh, you should go study cows, and I researched it, and I loved it, and I got in. Um, So at first, I was more into animal science. Um, I really, really loved studying all the different breeds and cattle and all that stuff. But then I discovered plants (laughs) and I began to be part of like really cool labs. And we would go to like coffee farms and plantain farms and all that stuff. And I really, really fell in love with plants. So I ended up kind of going on that direction. (laughs) I feel that plants are so cool. (laughs) And I think the more that you learn about them and once you start to really learn about how they work, it just blows your mind. 
Uh, right. And no no shade to animals, no but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most people have no idea. I mean, yeah, they're so crazy and so diverse. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, and I'm with it was you on something that, that. It was fun for me because I, it wasn't something that I did, you know, on a farm and that was said I could bring it home. So I, I started buying a lot of plants and I started getting really familiar with a lot of plants and a lot of them died at the beginning, <laughs> but then, you know, I got the hang of it and I really was loving my time there and all the kinds of different things I was growing, tomatoes and lettuce, all kinds of things. Ah, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and that is a really good point that you can have access to them so much easier than cows, for example. Exactly. Cows are a little bit cuter but <laughs> they are super cute. And milking cows was actually a really fun experience for me. I don't know if awesome. that's weird, but it was fun. <laughs> I've never milked a cow, but absolutely it's on my bucket list. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. That's awesome. So when you did move to Florida, what was that transition like, both in terms of academics and just overall your life? Um, It was definitely different. Um, I, for some reason, I thought, you know, Puerto Rico is so close to Florida. It's not going to be that different. It was a lot of like cultural um, shock at the beginning. Um, it was interesting to get used to um, a new society. And obviously I was used to island life. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was interesting to get used to the mainland and speaking another language every day, all that, all that stuff. But it was very uh, rewarding, all the progress that I've made and I ended up applying for Florida A&M University um, where I finished my bachelor's degree in Tallahassee so that was that was really cool honestly I can't imagine that transition it does seem like it would be a bit of a culture shock and yeah you're right I mean there's a lot of islands that are so close to the mainland U.S. but just worlds away it seems it's like completely and, and different yeah you culture. would think it's a lot because we do yeah. speak English I I learned mm-hmm. English since I was a kid mm-hmm. um you do get a lot of influence like in the news and music and all all that but once you're once you move to another place it's kind of like it gets real <laughs> absolutely in agriculture it's also you know it's it's done differently because obviously you're in another place what were the biggest differences in terms of agriculture that you experienced? Well, I had to get used to um, Florida, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we have Florida has so much like sandy soil. You have a lot of leaching going on, like nutrient leaching and just things mm-hmm. and, and practices in Florida and agriculture are done so much differently. Um, also, the temperature. I mean, Puerto Rico is tropical all the time, you know, and winter it gets a little bit, you know, not as hot, but it really doesn't get any cold. So um, the plants that are grown over there are completely different. Um, let's say altitude. We have a lot of coffee over there and Florida cannot even grow um, coffee so far because, you know, altitude temperatures. So there is a lot of variability in the types of plants that you're able to grow here um, based on the Floridian uh, climate and geography. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you study the behavior of the Asian citrus psyllid, especially in field settings, and you're working on developing a novel repellent device for its management, as I understand. So tell us a bit about this device. 
So um, basically, it's a super simple device. <laughs> it's uh, it looks like a, a lollipop. I call it the lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like a glycerin block, and it's embedded with botanical oils. So um, my research has has different um, chapters, different steps to it. So the first experiments that we made were um, olfactometer experiments uh, to make sure that the oil that we were that we wanted to put in there actually repelled the Asian citrusylate. And then from there, um, we take it to the field and we um, make experiments on density and uh, deployment patterns. Right now I have some experiments going on at the um, Citrus Research and Education Center um, with some cages and, you know, <laughs> I get to go every Sunday um, and just count eggs and count adults and you know it's it's fun (laughs) that that's awesome so what how does the device work does it attract or repel the psyllids it's supposed to repel actually it does repel (laughs) because (laughs) I can't see experimentations in the lab Um, so what repels the insect is actually the oil so in this case I am focusing on Siberian fur oil Um, and in the lab it it has shown to repel the adults. Um, now it would be, we are testing on the field because obviously we we don't have a controlled environment on the field. So we want to make sure that that also works out there. But, but the, the glycerin is just to bring the oil somehow to the field, right? So basically what we're testing is the oil. It's just fur oil. But I, I, tested other ones like cinnamon, peppermint, blends between fur, cinnamon, peppermint, something like that. Wow. The fur oil sounds almost exotic. I mean, is that hard to get? <laughs> um, it's really not that expensive, honestly. Nice. That That's <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. No, that's perfect <laughs> for growers to be able to to use that in a really applicable sense, you know? Yeah. And also, you know, there had been previous to me, um, other experiments and other research with, um, botanical oils. And basically my research is like a continuation. Um, cause we, they hadn't, uh, found a device that can actually, um, you know, work and that it's not as expensive, Um, in the field and that can growers can implement easily and uh, make part of their pest management. Um, So that's kind of like the focus of everything I'm doing is just taking this device and trying it out, see how it works, see what, what the fur oil does for the ACP. (laughs) And, and we go from there and try to help the growers with this pest I think that's so cool that you're working on making this more affordable and more usable and effective for these growers. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's so cool. So uh, do you have other research projects focused on other areas of ACP biology or anything? Um, no, I, that's the only project that I'm working with right now, mainly because, you know, it's a whole, (laughs) it's a whole thesis. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's a lot of different um, chapters to it, like a lot of different experiments that we've been doing. Um, uh, the University of California is also replicating some of the experiments that I did here in Florida. Um, so 
you know, it's very, very time cool. consuming. Plus I have a full-time job at Highlands County. So that's so far the only research I am uh, focusing on. Yeah. So you are an extension agent, which is outstanding. So <laughs> yeah. So tell us a bit about what your job as an extension agent entails. So basically the extension agent, it's kind of that glue <laughs> between research, right? And the growers and the people who are out there producing food and doing all these things that we um, study, right? So um, there's a lot of new information coming out, especially on citrus. There's this pest, you know, the Asian citrus salad, but it's not the only thing that affects citrus. So um you know, my job is to translate all that science and uh, make it accessible and make the resources accessible for everybody in the community so they can um, grow food essentially. And, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So why were you drawn to this position and how did you get the position in the first place? Um, uh, I was working with the USDA temporarily. It wasn't anything permanent, but, um, when I was at FAMU, I ended up getting a temporary position over there at a lab. Um, so the person who was my supervisor was an entomologist and every week we had to go, um, release beneficial insects to other farms local farms in the area, Quincy, Tallahassee, different areas like that. And that's how I started um, getting introduced to what extension was. And then once I applied for the University of Florida and I um, got an assistantship at the CREC, then I started seeing the real work that extension agents do. Um, my professor, my PI, it's actually a specialist. So I got to see, you know, on first row, all her work and all the cool things that she was doing. And that's how I started getting like really interested um, in extension. In that job at the USDA, you were working on a different system, right? You're working on whitefly management and the yeah. predatory sink bug. What was that experience like? And what were your biggest takeaways from that? Was it really just getting you excited about extension? Or did you learn stuff from working with that system that now has carried you over? Yeah, I learned a lot, actually. Um, one of my jobs was we had to put some sticky traps out there as part of some experiments. And one of my jobs was to take those sticky, sticky traps back to the lab and actually look under a microscope and identify um, <laughs> wasps and beneficial insects. Wow. And I didn't really have that experience prior to working there. So that's when I started getting familiar with like, mm -hmm. um, different insects and how to identify them. And it was just such a cool experience for me. Um, my supervisor, she was, she taught me so much and I just really loved going to the field and I loved the the component of, you know, you are in the field some days and then some other days you're in the lab and then some other days you're doing, <laughs> you're in the greenhouse. So it was very varied for me and I love that. So it was, it's never boring. And I think that's what carries or carried me to extension. It's just, it's never boring. You're all the time doing something different, talking to someone, um, getting new knowledge uh, in the field, in the office, in the lab. <laughs> You're doing so many things at the same time. And I think that makes my job fun. I've heard that from other extension agents and specialists yeah. that it's just something different all the time. 
I love that. Insects are just so fun. I know. <laughs> you I think agree. you know insects until you start really <laughs> learning them. Um, the other day, it was a Sunday, and I, like I said, I have to collect data on Sundays because I work throughout the week. Um, so I, I sat down in one of the cages just to um, um, look into my insects. And when I look up to the tent, I see a stick bug and it was huge. And I was like, automatically, I know it's a female. So I go outside and I'm trying to, I'm going to try to catch it because I have to do a collection for my entomology class. And when I realize it's got a male on her back, because the male is like really small compared with the oh. female. So that was like the highlight of my day. It's just so exciting for me. That's <laughs> to find awesome. That. And maybe I can put them in the collection together. Um, <laughs> let's see if I can pin them together. But yeah, memorialize together. Forever. Yeah, it was so fun. And I know my professor is going to love that when she sees that. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. So, do you find it difficult to balance having this job and be a student at the same time? Well, <laughs> it's taken some time. I've only been at the job for a month, uh, but it's definitely been a month where I've had to kind of learn how to balance everything, really. Um, I actually have two agendas, <laughs> one for my personal stuff and one for academic and professional work. And I I never have them separate. I always have them one within the other. Um, Cause when I open them, it's like, okay, I always remember like, okay, this is work, but then what's going on with my personal agenda as well. So that always kind of keeps me um, making sure that I balance both things. Um, it's very challenging because, you know, doing your master on, on its own is already like a job. Um, and then you have a, a full-time job aside of that, an hour away from your house, <laughs> you have to drive to every day. It's kind of challenging, but if you want to do it and you want to do it well, you always find a way to, to get it done. So, <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love yeah. that mindset. So you expect to earn your master's degree in entomology from the mm -hmm. University of Florida by spring 2022. So do you plan to stay in the same position then being an extension agent or do you hope to move on to something different? No, um, I think this is it for me for a while. <laughs> um, extension is one of those jobs that it takes you a minute to actually understand fully and um, get really good at it. Um, so, I mean, everything you have to practice, right, to get really good at it. But extension itself, there's just so many um, things going on at the same time. You really have to put a lot of effort in um, making good relationships with the growers, um, getting the word out there, making sure that you're updated on all the research that's going on. Um, just so many parts to it. And right now, I think this is a place for me. Um, I'm really invested in getting good at this job, like really good. <laughs> yes. um, so, so far, this is it for me. Um, I don't know what the future holds for me, really. Um, but I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> you yeah. live and you learn. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have so much potential. I can already tell. Thank like you. you are just blowing it out of the water. Amazing. And yeah, I think you bring so much energy too Thank at the you. beginning of this career that I think you're going to go great places. Oh, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. So just going off of that, what advice do you have for anyone else looking to go into an ex- a career in extension? Um, I would say, well, there's several things. <laughs> um, probably read a lot <laughs> because like I said, one of, of the challenges is to, you know, always try to be up to date and it doesn't mean you have to know everything. That's one of the fears that I feel like I had coming into this job. It's like, oh my God, what if somebody asked me a question and I don't know how to answer and I don't look as knowledgeable as I know I am? Or, you know, what if I really just don't know <laughs> about mm-hmm. that subject? So it's okay not to know. I think people are not expecting you to know every single thing, but they are expecting you to have the disposition to help them. And to have, you know, the energy and and the interest in really helping them and getting them answers and knowing where to look for those answers. So I think reading a lot helps. There are so many people around, you know, that want to help you and that are putting information out there every single day that are doing research, that are um, doing programs. Um, So really getting to know your peers the same way that you get to know your clients is really important. And another thing I would say, it's probably um, work on your uh, interpersonal skills um, because that's really going, going hand in hand with, you know, forming relationships. If you're a really, really, really shy person, try to get out there a little bit more and try to um, just practice meeting people. Sometimes a, a simple conversation can get the message across and can really help someone and can really make someone feel comfortable with you. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are great tips. It does sound like it's a job that's really focused around people and problem solving. Yeah, it is. It's a little bit of a juggling, really. You have to all the time, like, okay, if someone comes in and make yourself accessible. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I like when people just come into the office sometimes and they ask for me and they're like, hey, I just always, yeah, you can come to my office and sit and what can I do for you? And sometimes I ask them questions. Do you know any growers I can contact or I can talk to or I can visit their farms and see what they need or what their challenges are. So I'm in that process where I'm trying to get to know people and trying to see, okay, this person has four groves in the area or this person has, you know, so it's really important to, to talk to people. It sounds like a really exciting job. It is exciting. You You have to know how to balance it, but it is exciting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. It's been super awesome to hear about your work and I wish you the best in your schooling and it sounds like you're going great places. So Florida's lucky (laughs) to have you. Oh, thank you. That made me feel so good. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Bench, a production from SciComm at UCR. This podcast is supported by Science for Citrus Health and the UC Riverside Graduate Student Association. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at SciComm UCR.